0: We are back with our series we're doing on being rooted and grounded in love. We took a two-week break from that. We've talked about uh, different things. One of the main things that we talked about was that fruit, because people wonder why is it fruit rather than the plural. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, we say, is the result of the Spirit leading our lives It's the result of him controlling our lives. Uh, It's it's the effect of him being present in us. That's why I said be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you won't feel the lust of the flesh. Well, the only way we're going to be led by the Spirit is he has total control of our lives. And when he does, there are certain results. One of the results, of course, is love. We talked about love, faithfulness. We talked about joy, peace. We talked about uh, kindness we talked about, uh, self-control. And then two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we talked about long-suffering. Today, we want to cover meekness. Meekness. Open your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Meekness. While, while you're going there, It's um, very interesting that the, the music that was playing and the songs that we were singing, it was so, so, so good. And when Solomon dedicated the, the temple, the glory, the priest, or couldn't minister, said that the glory of the Lord filled it. Filled it. Now, that's what we all want, don't we? The glory of the Lord to fill the temple. And I want the glory of the Lord to fill his temple, and you are his temple. Okay? As we are talking about the the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to imagine that God is filling your whole being because we are the temple of God. Each one of us is born again, the temple of God. I want you to think of Him filling the place so that everything you say, everything you do, every place you go, everything you see, everything you hear is a manifestation of the glory of God. Because He's filling the place. When people around you, I want them to see the glory. I want them to sense the glory. And I know that you want that also. And so the fruit of the Spirit is really who he is. The result of him being present. And can you imagine, imagine just how people are going to feel when you are love. Can you imagine? Because God is love. And if he's filling this temple, your temple, then you are love. You're going to manifest that everywhere you go. You will manifest joy, self-control, which is temperance, faithfulness. All of the fruit that we've been talking about. So, in 2 Corinthians 10, let's look there, verse 1. And it tells us a little, bit, a little bit about Jesus. In the first part of verse 1 in chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. Now, I, Paul, myself, urge you We'll get ready to learn something about Christ. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ. By the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Is Christ meek? What should we be manifesting? What should be the the result of our temple being filled with God's glory? Should it manifest meekness? I say so. I say so. When you think about meekness, of course, I know that uh, some people get the impression that meekness is weakness. But meekness is not weakness. Matter of fact, meekness is strength under perfect control. That's what meekness is. A weak person cannot be meek. Because they don't have the strength to be meek. (laughs) You can only be meek if you have strength. And, of course, we are strong in the Lord, of course. The strength of his strength. It says in Ephesians that we should be. So, what else is meekness? Meekness. Meekness is calmness towards God. Meekness is also not blaming God for things, bad things that happen in this particular world because, it's a, because of sin being present in the world. Sometimes people blame God for the evil that people do and the bad things that happen. And they said, well, God... I'm not going to serve a God that allowed that to happen. Meekness is not like that. It's not. Meekness is really accepting the dealings of God as good in so much as it brings us closer to Him. Now, I said the dealings of God. I didn't say... The world's ways, the flesh's ways, or what Satan tried to put on us. I didn't say any of that. I said the dealings of God. So you need to know the difference between what's of the world, what's of the flesh, what's of the devil. We need to know all that. How to discern. Meekness, if you look at a synonym for meekness, it would be, one of them would be Humility. Humility. Another one will be submissiveness, and the scripture says, "Submit yourselves to God." Speaking of all of us, resist the devil, and he will flee. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Some people think that submission is a is a a wife thing only. Men like to make you think that women. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> but it's a it's a Christian thing. Men, women doesn't matter. We're all called to be submitted to the Lord, submitted to His Word. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. The Word says we're all called to do that. But that's another word for meekness. It takes meekness to submit to God it does meekness meekness when I say strength under perfect control, I like to kind of picture myself. this is just for me. I like to picture um, or like a, 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 one of these wild stallions that you know like westerns and, and so when, when, when they have this pretty Pretty, stagnant. I mean, just you know, they, they they rope him and bring him on in. He doesn't want to come in, of course, or she doesn't want to come in. And but if you show the that that's, that horse love, sooner or later, that horse will let you ride him. And that horse, once they call it breaking a horse, or or whatever they may call it. Uh, Sometimes you tame tame animals or domesticate animals or whatever the situation may be, it didn't change the strength of that animal at all. A horse still is as strong as it, it ever was. But it's just decided that it's going to allow that the person to put a saddle on them, to put a harness on them, and to get on the back and ride them he'll stop where he's, when he says stop he'll go when he says go isn't that what like the song says I will go where he goes I will. Isn't, isn't, you will know the song yeah. Yeah. that's what God wants to do with us but you have to have that meekness inside in order to do that and so I say have total control Lord have total control because I want to be meek. And when I talk about meekness, I'm going to talk about meekness and humility. Uh, even though they are, they are they are sort of the same, but they're not the same. In some sense, they're the same. Uh, so we we'll talk about both. Let's go to thinking how the Lord Jesus Christ is in second. In, in, in Philippians chapter 2. Let's go there. How is the Lord Jesus Christ. As for us meekness. As for us, He know he has strength. How is he? How is his humility? We're going to start in verse 1. Therefore. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintain the same love, united in spirit, and ten on one purpose. Do do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Humility of mind. Now, that humility of mind, that's where meekness, that's where humility, that's where love, that's the battleground. The mind, your will, your emotions. The enemy wants access to your mind. He wants control over your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotions. He wants that. God wants that. Who's going to have his way? The flesh wants that. And you remember in Galatians, the flesh wars out of the spirit, the spirit out of the flesh. So they are contrary to one another, so you won't do what you want to do. You remember that in Galatians, leading up to the fruit of the spirit? There's a battle, ground going on, and we have to make sure that we protect the mind. Protect the mind. Gird up the loins of our mind, the mind, the mind. So I want to have a low opinion of myself. That's against usually the popular teaching sometimes, because uh, they, you know, they want you to think great of yourself, how great thou art, you know. But I'm, t- I'm telling you, uh, there's only one great one. And so I want to always compare myself to Jesus Christ. And if I compare myself to Jesus Christ, then I'm going to think rightly about myself. That if if it were not for him, I wouldn't exist. Is that correct? Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. What attitude? What attitude was that? He of mind regarding Someone else more important than yourself. Not looking out for your own interests merely, but for the interests of others. Now, how how did did Christ do that? Verse 6. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. And being made in the likeness of men. A bond servant, our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. God puts on the servant's apron. God comes and dwell among men as a man, God. I said, wow. In other words, he's going to live a life just like we're living. And he's God. He created us. And he is saying, in order to save mankind, I need to be obedient and go and die for mankind. How? Selfless is that? He's calling us to have that same attitude. How lowness of mind is that? He could have said, Look, look, (laughs) no way, no way am I going down to be like one of them, stoop so low. No, no, they like dust, vapor, vapor. But he, he, he didn't do that. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. See, humility and meekness go together. Because all this strength he has, but yet he allows himself to be our Savior. To live a life of sacrifice. Wow. Wow. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross, on the cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that in the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in heaven and earth, under the earth. Everywhere Jesus is Lord. Uh, You know, there's a... there's a, a law that I want to tell you about. There are laws of the kingdom of heaven. There are laws. There are laws just like the laws of, on the earth. There are, there are natural laws, there are spiritual laws. And, a, and the law, one of the laws here, being on earth, is that gravity is in existence. How I many don't know that? You can a child, You can tell a child, hey, if you jump off there, you're going to land on the ground and hurt yourself. Don't jump out of that tree. Don't jump off that stage. Oh, I can jump off and don't hurt myself. You know, I'll float like I see Superman, you know. Okay, you float like a Superman if you want to. The law of gravity is going to take an effect, isn't it? The law of gravity is going to bring them down. You know, depending on how much they weigh, they're going out fast, you know. Um, and there's laws in the spirit realm, and there's a law, and let's turn to Luke, if you will. Uh, I just want to go to Luke 14, verse 11. One verse. We just read it over there in Philippians about Jesus. Because he humbled himself, because he was meek, because he submitted himself to the will of the Father, he's been given a name that's above every name. Here's the law, verse 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Law. Spiritual law. Just like gravity. You can, you can believe it or you're not. It really doesn't matter. It's going to be in effect anyway. Anyway. There's plenty of laws. And we'll talk about some more laws later on um, in another message. But there, there are plenty of laws that we have to learn how to operate in the kingdom of heaven. We have to learn how to operate. Because if we don't learn how to operate in in our kingdom, we'll be unwise. And and, and God gave a parable about that. We'll be unwise. The people of this world, they know how to operate in the world system. And here the children of light don't know how to operate in their system. We have a system that we're supposed to be operating in. The, The kingdom of heaven rules. And you say, well, I have freedom from the law. Uh, yes, I'm not talking about the Mosaic law, I'm talking about spiritual laws. Whatsoever you sow, finish it for me. Now, you can think that it doesn't exist. Guarantee it exists. It exists. If you sow in the right atmosphere, uh, naturally in the right soil, right? sun shine on it, rain on it, it's going to grow. What is it going to produce? Much fruit, what kind of fruit? Just like <laughs> the seed, whatever the seed is, that's the kind of fruit it's going to be. What do you think going to happen? Whatever we sow. If we sow words, we're going to get back what we sow. How much? More than you sow. And it is. You don't sow, you know, uh, 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 you know, some corn and get back one little, on the stalk, one little ear of corn. Only so no, you're going to get plenty of ears, plenty of corn. The same thing. Their laws. So whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Can you imagine how much Jesus Christ humbled himself? Who was higher than Jesus Christ? Nobody. Who came lower than Jesus Christ? Nobody. He's the one. Isn't he? He's the one who died for sin. He's the Savior. Regardless of what anybody tell you, there's only one Savior. One, one savior. Let's look in Luke chapter 7. Let's see some examples. What were we talking about? 37, we'll go there. The sentence before that, the verse before it says, Now the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table. Verse 37. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisees' house, she brought an alabaster a vial of perfume. And standing behind him, At his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. I I wonder how many of us would, would, would do that. Think about it. Think about it. Tears. Why is she crying? Well, we can think of many reasons, probably. One specifically is that she is a sinner. And she wants, <laughs> she wants deliverance, doesn't she? Every sinner wants deliverance. If you hear about Jesus Christ, he's, he's a deliverer. Obviously, you won't be delivered from whatever it is that you have. You want deliverance. And she's has a repentant heart. A repentant heart. She has godless sorrow. Because godless sorrow works repentance, the word says. But see, the Pharisees say, verse 39, now when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Hmm. If he were a prophet. Think about it. Did did the Pharisee want deliverance? He's a religious leader. Did he want deliverance? He didn't want no deliverance. I say that we need to come into the presence of the Lord. And the the veil has been torn in two. And we can boldly enter that throne room and receive grace and mercy to help in a time of need. We can do that. We need to be willing to come before the Lord with whatever it is that doesn't match what is where it says, and, and, and today we're talking about meekness. Or you can talk about love. Or any, any ones we've talked about so far, because this is the eighth one we've talked about. Ask him, please, Lord, deliver me from not loving like I should. Help me to be more long-suffering, God. Help me to have more self-control. Repent no. of our lack of control in areas. All of us have control in some areas. But none of us have arrived, I don't think, in every area, in any one of these. So I am wanting God help me. Help me. Show me what is wrong with me, Lord. I want to know what's wrong with me. I'm not concerned about what's wrong with the other person. What's wrong with me? I'll pray for the other person, but I want to change me. I don't want to change you. I want God to change you. But I don't want to change you because I can't change you. You can't change me. But I can ask God to change me. You can ask God to change you. You can men ask God to change you instead of asking him to change your wife. You can parents ask God to change you instead of asking him to change your children. You can't do that. Then as you can ask God to change you instead of change your parents. You can't do that. Wouldn't that be marvelous? I would like to think if I had long enough hair, I would weep and, and wipe it with my hair, but I can't do that. Just won't, won't do it. Just won't do it. You know? I want to show you Matthew's account of this woman who came in and how, is, how people respond to people who are crying out to God, who are doing what God says to do. Who's trying to serve God? Who's trying to minister to the Lord? Let's watch a visual of uh, Matthew's account of this lady. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price. And the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body... She did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached, throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked... What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? <laughs> There's the um, VHS's that um a bar that gives you the visuals of Matthew. So it's pretty cool. You can't bar it. <laughs> John. Let's close in this scripture. John. We're talking about meekness. We're talking about Humility. Oh, John chapter 13, the Gospel of John chapter 13. We might go 1 through 20. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, I'm not going to unpack all of the verse-by-verse scripture. Otherwise, you know, I would have done it in one message. I want to draw out of just one part. There are many things in here. I'll just draw one part here. During supper, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, now what does it mean put it in his heart? What, what is your heart? Is it this organ here? Are we talking about our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect? In other words, he put in his mind, you have to protect your mind. Guard your mind. Guard it. The son son of Simon, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. Got up from supper. Now, let's stop there. What is the tradition in that time, Eastern time, when you come to eat, when you come to supper? When you come to recline at the table and everybody's going to eat around the table. What does the lowest servant in the house do? I hear it, wash what? Wash everybody's feet, right? Wash their feet. Now, now, this is Jesus and his disciples. Got twelve men with them. Now, if you remember correctly, they've already been arguing over who's the greatest, who's going to sit at his right hand, who's going to sit at his left hand. They, they. We're thinking about the world system. The world system. Because in the world system, the greatest is served. In the kingdom of heaven, the greatest serves. The most. Everybody serves. But the greatest serves the most. And so, I wonder... Since there were no servants there, I wonder, who, was he, who were they expecting to wash their feet? Nobody got their feet washed today, up to this time. We haven't read the rest of them. Would you have washed everybody's feet? You're one of the twelve. You, I mean, you're on the round table of the nights, man. You man. You know, would you wash somebody's feet? They've been walking around, dust every which way. You know, they ain't have pavement on the street, you know. They weren't driving around in, in vehicles. You know. Would you wash somebody's feet? No, somebody said, I wouldn't even wash my own feet. Yeah, yes, you would. <laughs> they didn't wash their feet either. I mean, they didn't wash their feet. Now, listen at this now. It's so interesting. He got up from supper, laid aside his garments. They're talking about his outer Top garments. And taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter and said, he said to him, Simon said, "Lord, do you wash my feet?" Now, he wasn't saying that out of uh I think he was his 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 earnest in saying that. I think he knew that they hey, no, no, no. Lord, you don't wash my feet. We should be washing your feet. Come on. You know? No, I'm not going to let you stoop so low to wash my feet. No, we're not going we're not going to do that, Lord. Jesus answered and said in verse 7, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. And Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Now, uh, again, I'm not doing the unpacking of it, because there's, there's a lot there. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands, my head, everything you want to wash, in other words, wash. You know, because I, I, I want to be a part with you. you know? And Jesus said to him, he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. Now, so... We know that without me unpacking all this, what this means, you know that there is something to this. If Judas is not clean, but they are clean, there is something to this other than what I'm bringing out. But I'm still not going to unpack it today. For he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and had taken his garment and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So he's letting them know, I'm giving you an example of what you should, the attitude that you should have in you. That's what I'm giving you, the attitude that we all should have. We should have an attitude of service. We want to serve one another. And he demonstrated that. He says in verse 15, for I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I do not speak of all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread. Has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am He. Truly, truly, I say unto you, He who receives whomever I send, receives me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. Now, if we start in verse 20 and go backwards, one of the things that he's trying to explain to them is that I'm getting ready to leave. Here's the Passover coming. I'm getting ready to leave. He doesn't have many days to, to be alive here. I'm, I, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to commission you to go out into the world. I'm sending you. In John 17, he says that, uh, as I have you sent me, I'm sending them, his, 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 his disciples. So he's getting ready to send them. He's not going to send somebody that's not going to represent him. So he's demonstrating the servant's heart. He's demonstrating humility. He's demonstrating meekness. Yes, he has strength, but he has perfect control over that strength. He's able to serve his disciples. He's, a, he, he's able to be the lowest servant. Are we? So he's trying to let them know now, if, if I send you, you're going to have to do as I'm doing for you. I stoop to, to wash your feet when you wouldn't wash anybody's feet. Will you do the same? And we're not talking about a foot washing uh, church, okay? Because uh, don't even think that, that we're going to, as a while, next week we're going to have a buckets and everybody. Okay, the Lord's servant, come on, serve. Uh, we're not we going to do that, okay? Because it's not, it's not really about that. It's about humility. It's about meekness. It's about serving. Um, it's a lowness of mind. See, they had high-mindedness. That's what the, that's what the, the, uh, the disciples had, high-mindedness. They're they thinking, you know, here, I'm, I'm a disciple, man. Hey, he can really leave. John said, man, I, I'm the youngest, but I'm not serving because uh, he lets me lean on his chest, man. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm the coolest one here. You know? He loves me. I'm the apostle of love, you know. Peter, oh no. I'm the greatest. Everybody can say that. Peter, James, John. He took me a little further. He didn't take you, did he? You know. all oh, they, 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 they can do all those type of things, but see, that's not the attitude that God has. He doesn't have that attitude. He wants us to serve one another. And it takes humility. It takes meekness to serve one another. It takes you... Uh, uh, even though you're strong, you're tough, you can do what you want to do, but you yield to do what God wants you to do. Meekness is an inward quality. It's not really trying to do something uh, like a show of humility. You know, people can, can act like you're humble, and somebody think you're humble because you're serving a lot of times, but see, God knows your heart. Why are you serving? Because, see, some people know the laws, and they, they picked up very well, if I whatever I sow, that is what I'm going to reap. So, therefore, I want to serve Minerva. I'm going to serve her, serve her, serve her, and I'm going to put a lot of seeds, and then I'm going to kick back, I'm going to watch TV. Because now all these sees, she can serve me. See, God sees through that before it even comes in your mind, doesn't he? (laughs) Doesn't he? See, we we serve, people do that all the time. All the time. On a job, in churches, uh, wherever. They, they, They want to serve a lot so they can get position, influence. Because they know that favor is important. Right? But I say, God looks on the heart. And I want, to be, I want my heart to be right. I want to serve for his sake. I want favor from the Lord. If I have favor from the Lord, I don't need favor from anybody else. Nobody else. Because God will make sure that whatever I have need, he'll get it to me. He commands everything, owns everything. Elijah, he said, well, I'll feed you with the ravens. God does what he wants to do. So I don't need to jockey for position. I don't need to uh, try to serve for to get position. All I need to do is to humble myself on the mighty hand of God. That's all I need to do. serve Him. And do what He tells me to do. And if He tells me to do this, then I do that. If he tells me not to do this, then I don't do it. No matter what somebody thinks of you because you don't do it, it, doesn't mean anything. It's what God thinks of you. What God thinks of you what you don't do. It's the same thing. Somebody can want you to serve and, and, and God not calling you to serve in that capacity. God may be using that person to tell you, hey, that's what I want them to do, serve in this position right here. So sometimes you've got to know the voice of the Lord. You've got to know the voice of the Lord. You have to know uh, what God is saying. You have to put away from you Put your own will, your own desires. God is after meekness. Just like he's after long-suffering. The only way you're going to be long-suffering, he puts somebody in your life, is you're going to have to suffer long will. All Right? The only way you're going to have meekness is that you're going to have to be submitted. You're going to have to defer. You're going to have to uh, uh, be humble where you don't want to be humble. That's the only way. That's the only way. So, be looking for opportunities for meekness. Not weakness, but strength under control. Be looking for opportunities to humble yourself. Now, we do know the scripture that says, what I did for you, you need to do for one another. Jesus is about serving. So, therefore, we know that we, we should have more of a tendency to serve than not serve. And as you are doing that, you have to keep priorities. See, a part of hearing God's voice is knowing the parameters, the boundaries of the Word of God. And so, therefore, I know that he's giving me priorities. I know that, number one, he says, serve one another. So I'm going to try to serve you, serve those God put in my life to the, to the degree that I can. I'm going to serve. And when it goes over the line of my relationship with him, now you've crossed the line. You see, you might not hear a, a voice that says, don't serve. Serve. You go ahead and serve, and then make sure that you keep your priorities straight in your intimacy with God. Keep that straight. If you don't have time for that because you're busy serving, you're out of line. God didn't tell you to do all that. So if I don't have time to get in the Word because I'm so busy pastoring, then you know it's not of God. It's not of God. If you're so busy serving and you don't have time to get before God because all your free time has been serving your boss, your mate, your children, run them here or there, you know, all different places, serving in church, doing whatever, you, you, don't, you, can't, spend, you can't spend time with God, that's out of line. Can't do it. Okay? It stops there. I'm sorry. If you can't spend time with your mate, your mate is second, if you have one. Singles. You know you're okay right now, yeah uh, <laughs> rejoice
1: <laughs> why <While> you can
0: <laughs> why you can oh. I mean, that's scripture, come on, man, that's scripture and'm saying I'm not saying marriage is not great because uh, marriage is great if you' marry the right person. it's great uh, uh, but Paul said that, I wish you were like I was, man yeah. didn't he so and then. Your children, if you have children. If you can't spend time with God, can't spend time with your mate, can't spend time with your children, then you are lying. I don't care whether it's your job. I don't care whether it's this. I don't care whether it's that. I've, I've done it all. I've neglected it all. I've been I've been so upside down. You know how they say you know loans or whatever is upside down. You know, uh, uh, we'll talk about that in another series um is how to in, in finances but um i've been so bad off because I thought I was doing god's will by being the best I could as serving all the kids at school and my players really i can't i I got it wrong, I got it messed up uh, but thank God that. Uh, he delivered me from that, and uh, it took him to do it because I wouldn't have. I get no credit for that. He did it. and But I still, just because I got delivered from that, Satan's not going to give up. Don't you know that pastoring can be the same way? Can't it? So busy, you don't have time for God, you don't have time for Except for a message, you don't have time for your wife, you don't have time for your children. Oh, it's the same thing. It can be the same thing. Any job, can't it? Any job, don't care what kind of job it is. Any job, it can be that way. Any recreation can be that way, can't it? You can go from job to recreation and still to the gym to all these type of things and you can be must atlas. It doesn't matter. If you don't have that relationship with God intact. Okay? And your family intact. Meekness. Humility. That's what we after. Next week, we have the last one. What is that one? It's been keeping up with it. Goodness. Right? Goodness. Thank you. Hey, y'all did a good job. Goodness. <laughs> We're going to cover goodness uh, with a few other things thrown in there, and that ends the, the series on Rooting, Ground, in and Love. And we'll go into another series that I think you'll be excited about. Uh, so we'll tell you about that next week. That's what we want to do. Uh, but I think we have enough to chew on with the results and the effects of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Because surely I know I need to love more. I know I need to be a little bit more, um, have an attitude of gratitude about things. I know that I need to have more peace about situations that it doesn't seem like it should be peace. It's no peace, matter of fact. If you look at it from the natural, none. But I should be in peace more. I should. Be more faithful, I should be more, you know, long suffering, uh, more self-control in areas. I should be. I'm not there. But I have enough that you own, don't I? What should I do? Seeing the shape that I'm in. What should I do? That's right. Get in the closet and do what? Hang myself? Okay, pray. That's right. Pray. Isn't that what we said? Pray, pray, pray. Am I the only one that need help? Huh? Let's stand to the feet. That's good. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. If we get this right, I'm gonna tell you. I can tell you for surety. The glory of the Lord will fill your temple. It will fill your temple, and everywhere you go, you're going to take the presence, the anointing, uh, the, oh, just everything that God is, you're going to take it. You will take it. But this is a this is a, 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 I mean, this is a hard thing that we have to face. You're going to have to face yourself to know that I'm not there. You can't leave here and say, well, uh, huh, we're going to be finished next week. Good. Ooh, it's been eight messages. Uh, glad that's finished. We'll get to something else. No, 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 no. It's God's Word. It's God's Word. I need to be working on this God's Word. When I get to another message, we still got. To, I still have to work on love. I've got to work it on. Work on it. And we all have to do that. Father, thank you for your Word, Lord. Father, we want to be meek, Lord. We want to have strength because we know we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and the strength of your strength. We know the joy of the Lord is our strength. We want to be strong. In addition, you're calling us with that strength to lay it down. To be on a perfect submission to the Spirit of Almighty God. That we can serve one another. We can love one another. We can forbear one another. God help us. We're the only thing that the world has. The church of the living God all over the world is the only thing that's going to help society. The unsaved, not yet saved, cannot help other unsaved people. They can't help them. They don't have... The words of life, they don't have it. It takes the church of Jesus Christ. Lord, we say, use each one of us wherever you have sent us, whatever sphere we have, whether it's at home, the marketplace, volunteer work, whether it's in education. With other students, with us in the the job or profession that you've given us, let us take the anointing there. Let us be the changer in our places. And by all means, Lord, let us change our homes, let us change this temple. That we possess, that you are in, let your glory fill this temple. If there's anybody here that has not giving your life to Jesus Christ, today is a day of salvation. If you raise your hand and put it back down, we have people that will pray for you with a prayer team. Come up, please. We have people that will pray pray with you. Anybody? If there's anybody. Giving your life to Jesus Christ Um, since you were little you know you haven't been following the Lord you've strayed away from the Lord and you said today I want to come back to the Lord if that's you just raise your hand put it back down and we would like to pray for you and they will pray for you the team will pray for you if you want to stand in for somebody else if you're uh, sick or something or whatever they'll pray for you because we love you. And prayer is what we should do for one another. This week when you go away, meekness, to all the other effects of the Spirit's control in our lives. That's what we want to practice. just want to send you guys off with God's blessing. Come on up and get some prayer. Um, let the prayer team minister to you. If there's anything burdening your heart today, uh, please make sure, especially if you're a guest visiting with us, that you uh, greet Pastor and his wife on your way out. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. So go in the peace and grace. Jesus Christ today. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.